You're tuning in to the Bookmatic's Best Book Podcast, where you will discover author secrets from books that'll make you feel, grow, and learn. These authors are from all over the world, all different backgrounds, and you are sure to learn a whole lot from their personal experiences. So please enjoy, subscribe, and let's get into it. Hi, Bookmatic Lifelong Learners. We've got a great guest here for this episode, Will Rainey, the author of Grandpa's Fortune Fables, fun stories to teach uh, kids about money. I absolutely loved reading this book with my daughter, uh, my five-year-old daughter. It was just a perfect time to to get together and read these stories to her. So uh, thank you so much, Will, for coming on the show. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm so glad to hear your daughter enjoyed the book. Yeah, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it too. And uh, I mean, I've read similar books, but um, it was just fun to read this because uh, the stories are so engaging, uh, even for an adults. Um, but I mean, it was like just to be able to spend time with my daughter like that. I mean, I read to her normally every single night, um, but to read something really educational like this book, but in a fun way, um, that that's uh, priceless. So uh, thank you so much for writing it. No, no worries. And that's, that's <laughs> kind of how I started writing it. It was with my daughters <laughs> at bedtime, just coming up with stories and trying to teach them in a fun way. So I'm glad more parents are doing that as well with the book. Yeah, definitely. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, about your, maybe a little bit about your background and how you came up with the idea for the book, you kind of answered it a little bit there that you were sitting down with your daughter, right? And uh, kind of came up with the story. So yeah, uh, you know, yeah. introduce yourself and uh, tell us anything you would like. Sure, sure, sure. So I'm from the UK. Um, and so I started, I finished university and I did the normal corporate job. And I did that for many, many years. So I was actually doing helping very large institutions invest their money. So pension scheme, retirement funds, insurance companies, even some governments. So I did that in the UK up until 2014. Then I got an opportunity to, to move to Asia. So Hong Kong to do a similar kind of job, but across the whole of Asia, so based in Hong Kong. And so I got to meet lots of uh, sort of people with lots and lots of money and help them deciding where to put that money. Then it's about 2017, someone said to me, uh, I was talking about my two daughters and they said, oh, I enjoy this time. They only grow up once. And it's an, an obvious statement, but it had a big impact on me. And I was like, I felt like I was missing out a little bit if I'm not, I don't see them as much. And so my wife and I decided to put a plan together to leave our full-time jobs and move to Vietnam, which is where we are now. And so, yeah, in 2019, we, we left our full-time jobs and left. And it's what happened was when we were leaving Hong Kong, lots of people said, how can we afford to do that? Like, how can you not work? And it kind of took a little bit by surprise. My wife and I have just always kind of saved and invest some of our money. And so we've got some money that helps us sort of cover some of our expenses 
And so we felt like really, wow, we're really lucky to be in this position to be able to take time off work and spend time with our kids. I really want my two daughters to have this opportunity or a similar opportunity when they grow up. And so I wanted to teach them about the importance of saving and investing. And so initially, I just, that's like when I put them to bed, go, right, I'm going to teach them a little topic, but I'm going to try and make it fun. So I used either analogies or a little story uh, to, to make a topic more fun. And so I started sharing that with them and then telling my friends about it. And then I started to write about it. So I in a, had, I've got a blog on my website, which is called bluetreesavings.com. And every week I sort of take a money topic and sort of say, right, this is how I taught my daughters about money. So my daughters are seven and nine, but I've been sort of kind of writing or doing, talking to them for about three years now. So uh, sort, of, uh, sort of four and uh, six when I first started. And so I just felt it's really nice way, a nice bonding for me and my daughters, something for me to do whilst they're, they're at school. And it's just not taught in schools. And after a while, um, about two years, I had enough of these like little mini stories within my blogs and people were like, oh, can you make it into a book? And so I did. So I took the little stories, changed them a bit. So I had a flow and a common characters, etc. And then yeah, out of that came called Grandpa's Fortune Fables, which is, I say, trying to capture as many different money lessons that most adults who did learn about, fortunate enough to learn about these things always say, oh, I wish I learned that as a child. And so I'm hoping that mm. I can help us be the next generation grow up. I'm so glad I learned about that uh, when I was younger. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's my story. Yeah, it's such a cool story. And I really like how you have pieced together the book. Uh, you really uh, did a good job of uh, making the fables match with the underlying story of uh, Boris and Gale. I really love those characters. And, you know, the grandpa as well. Uh, all of his stories are uh, so educational and entertaining at the same time. So. Um, brilliant brilliant yeah. <laughs> i i really loved it yeah so i had because when i was writing the the blog or the, the initial stories um so i generally have like a bit of blurb like for parents saying oh this is the topic i'm going to cover this is the topic i covered this is a little bit about background so i can get a bit more technical because i'm talking to the parents and then i have the story and say right you should teach this tell your kids this story and then speak to them after but clearly in a book i couldn't i didn't want to be technical so that's why i created these this boris and gail characters so they can be the sort of ones who kind of she shares her grandpa's stories and at the end she says oh, once my grandpa told me this this is what i started to do with money so i kind of explaining the story in money terms mm -hmm. um so I, that was the fascinating bit about creating those two characters as a way as a sort of conduit to the education part mm -hmm. exactly and i mean that's that's that is the great thing about the book is uh, like you wrote it so that actually kids can read it like kids that actually are able to read and understand what they read. So what would you say like seven year olds, eight year, year olds? Yeah. So seven, seven upwards. So I kind of say yeah. seven to 13 is the kind of age in which I think they can sit down and enjoy it. But um, as, as you've mentioned, I, I, I love it when I hear parents saying we've read it together and uh, a, because some parents will learn lots of things from it because it covers topics that they were never taught about, such as investing and even debt and scams and um, those kind of topics. And plus, it just opens up that piece around um, 
having a conversation about money and the more we talk about it the more our children have the opportunity to learn and kind of breaks that to boost status that money sadly has got where we're not supposed to talk about money whereas uh, in the book I, I actively try and encourage discussion um, between parents and friends and oh yeah yeah I like all those examples that you use now ask your I don't know your neighbor or your teacher or have a conversation with your friends so you really make it interactive um, yeah and for the kids that cannot read yet fluently like my daughter uh because she's only you know just turned five uh that's a perfect opportunity for the parent to read it along with their kid and uh, discuss and uh stuff like that so that's exactly what i did um with my child who is still learning how to read so yeah yeah and that's something that so when i was talking to my daughters so I say I've got their two years um, age difference so some of the topics my eldest understood and was actively asking questions and, and got it whereas the younger one uh, just enjoyed the story but didn't really understand it and got a little bit bored because I was talking to the older one but um, what happened is that she did remember the story and as she got older she then kind of pieced together or she started asking questions about the story. So it's a bit like the, the Aesop's fables. So when some young kids first hear um, the boy who cried wolf, they, they enjoy the story, remember the story, they might not immediately get the whole meaning of it and the moral behind it, but clearly right. as they get older, um, the story sticks and then the, the message comes later. And so I hope even, that's why even for younger kids, I hope they enjoy the stories, remember the, the stories and, and kind of piece them together as they grow up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, stories are are like uh, the the glue that holds everything together. Uh, so that's it's some it's probably a book that I personally will return to, or at least you know uh, let my daughter read when she's able to to uh, read fluently and able to understand and comprehend. Uh, I'll you know give it back to her and let her read it, or maybe read read it with her again one more time or something like that. Um, so it's like one of those types of books that uh, <clears throat> that a parent or a child can reread uh, to really get the lessons and ingrained in their mind, I think. So, yeah, well, for sure. Uh, yeah, did you have something else? Yeah, no, it's just, so one of my favorite books, you know, sort of self-help books is called The Richest Man in Babylon, and mm-hmm. that's a, a personal finance book for adults, but it's written in story format. And I just find it the um, easiest book to read. I've read it many times and it's engaging. It's not just an educational piece. It's engaging. It's got a story. And um, so yeah, I'm very much influenced by that. Um, so even parents, I, ha- I have said they've enjoyed it, such as you just mentioned, that they've enjoyed the stories uh, themselves and, and actually enjoyed it reading it on their own <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've, I've also read that book as well, and I would recommend it for the people uh, watching or, or listening to this episode. Uh, and yeah, I mean, there's a similarity, right? Uh, you know, save one out of every 10, uh, which is a lesson directly from, uh, what was it? The greatest, sell- wait. The richest man in Babylon. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm mixing stories here. Yeah, the richest <laughs> man in Babylon. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking of The Greatest Salesman, which is also another fable book, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was really cool how you um, how you mix that in there as well, because it's such an easy lesson to remember. Um, 
So, yeah. And I always remind my daughter, hey, so if you get 10,000 rupiah, which is what we use over here in Indonesia, uh, how, how much should you save of that? And then she's like, one, one or 1,000 every 10 out of every 10. Right. Oh, anyway, yeah. So um, it's such an easy one to remember and valuable lesson. Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, actually, how. I know you maybe have touched on this a little bit, but how did you start Blue Tree Savings? Yeah, so um, so yeah, the main purpose was that I didn't feel there's many resources for parents to teach their kids about money. So I thought, well, I, I've got a bit of background in finance and I'm gonna spend this time with my daughters. And so, because there are some good children's books and there's some good, it depends which country, there are some good charities that are going into schools and teaching kids directly but I really wanted to focus on helping parents and empowering parents to learn so that parents are learning something new themselves in a non-condescending sort of patronizing way because essentially it's just saying you're going to learn this in to help your children and but it also helps the children learn as well so and plus I'm a strong believer that money being good with money is all about um, actions rather than knowledge so whilst my book does talk about knowledge a lot of it's trying to drive the kids to take action as you kind of mentioned about your daughter saving one out of every 10 that's fantastic because if she gets into that habit then when she's older she'll be doing the right things and it's really hard for schools to teach habits i know even when we think about health um, teach schools can teach uh, kids about doing exercise they can even do some sort of hpe and they can um, sort of teach them about eating healthfully but ultimately a lot of that activity and a lot of the time eating is all at home and so if your parent if the parents aren't doing the right things or don't know the right things then it doesn't really matter what happens at school <laughs> the children mm -hmm. and the same thing with money so I didn't want it to be that kids are just going to school they might learn something about money they may not but I wanted it to be like for when they go home the parents are being good role models um, for their kids as well so hence mm -hmm. I started playing blue tree uh, savings and it's all about um, help, yeah, giving these different topics going really to the basics but covering many different topics so I do cover so not just saving and I do investing I talked about NFTs and cryptocurrencies mm -hmm. uh, the greater full theorem and uh, your house is not an, not an asset uh, but again using stories analogies so parents some of the parents are like I didn't know anything about an NFT but <laughs> now I can now I know and this is by the, the clearest example because you've kind of taken it down to the a level where you're teaching it to a child and yeah so it's just become more and more popular and it's I've been fortunate enough it's been picked up in some national press so the Financial Times in the UK and the national newspaper in the Middle East and uh, and other newspapers just because it's a bit unique in yeah. kind of finance, personal finance space yeah yeah and I think it is uh it's great what you're doing because like you said this isn't really taught in schools which really sucks because uh like it creates a vicious cycle, right? Because the, the teachers themselves may not know exactly how to manage their money or invest or whatever. So how could they teach the kids if they have no idea? And then if the parents don't know because they went to school as well and they were not taught and their parents were not taught. So it's a really, it's a vicious cycle. And uh, I'm just curious, why isn't this taught in schools? Yeah, so I think it's that point I mentioned. So I think you've mentioned one of the main points, which is 
um, teachers don't feel empowered to do so because they they've never been taught themselves and that well they're in debt themselves so then say well i'm in debt but i'm going to teach these kids how to. <laughs> um, so you essentially do need to get specialists to come in and um, be the teachers and so clearly that takes a lot of uh, resources and finances to do that um, whereas at where schools they've got a lot of other <laughs> challenges on their plate to do that but also i think there's a little bit of belief of does it really work does providing just pure financial education make a difference and again going back to that health example if you teach kids about being healthy are they going to be healthy in the future um and the same with money and again they need to make sure it's not just education but it's education putting it into action and i don't think schools feel that they're in a position to, to help kids take those actions because they can't give kids money they can't tell kids what to do with their money um they can only educate so i think there's some but i do think this is changing so in the us so for example florida just two weeks ago changed it so to graduate children have to pass a personal finance uh, course um to, to graduate so i think those kind of initiatives we're starting to see it changing in different parts of the world and i think that's fantastic mm. the yeah. more i know i say about education and action but clearly the more education is hopefully is going to lead to, to some action in the future Right, right. I think it's just a gradual process that needs to be uh, changed. And maybe it's also just the system itself is uh, outdated and uh, needs to, to have an overhaul to where we can include these types of uh, uh, lessons in maybe even a specific class for finance or entrepreneurship, learning how to invest or invest, you know, all these different types of uh, topics that are not taught in schools now hopefully later will have like their individual classes you know what i mean that'll be fantastic and i think yeah. it's just going to be a gradual process and uh-huh. it's got to happen so in the developed world um, financial stress is one of the, the biggest causes of anxiety amongst adults mm-hmm. and so and as we know the biggest best way to to solve problems is education so yeah, and as that problem gets bigger and bigger, hopefully the, the change will happen quicker and quicker. Mm-hmm. Education and implementation, like you're saying, right? Yeah. Implementation yeah. of what we learn. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I had another thought in my mind, but it just slipped. So I'll just ask you this, <laughs> this other question. So uh, uh, what uh, what do you think the future of money management uh, and uh, investing is going to look like for, uh, for kids? Uh, and what is your best ad- advice for parents and kids in yeah. terms of money management and investing? Yeah, so, so money management is going to change massively in the future. Just, well, it's changing rapidly now because we're moving away from this cash society to this cashless. I know you and I in, in our respective countries is not quite there yet, but in the sort of mm-hmm. developed world, uh, we're moving to this cashless society. So essentially kids are becoming, seeing money or not seeing money. So money's just this invisible concept. And so you've got to try and teach kids to manage the invisible, <laughs> which is going to be much harder. And what it means is that we have to be more proactive. We need more technology. We need more parent engagement to sort of make up for those money lessons that we naturally picked up by having cash. So for example, when we go to um, go to the shops, we hand over cash and we get something in return. And we can kind of see that as a transaction. 
But with the cashless, where people are just tapping their watches or their phones or their, their cards, kids don't see that as a transaction. That's just a noise, a beep, <laughs> and then they get something. And so we need to reflect that. So the move to technology um, is the big one. And so we're seeing in a lot of places, a lot of countries, these, um, these apps for kids. So parents can give their kids digital pocket money and then they can get either a prepaid debit card and then start paying which I think is fantastic as a technology. And again, kids will be able to hopefully get more and more engaged into those apps and have some more gamification. And, um, but we need to make sure that there's the education piece there because those apps don't actually, at the moment, provide too much education. And so they're just a tool. So the analogy I use is like uh, you give a child a, a calculator, it doesn't mean they become good at maths. <laughs> but teach your kids how to do maths and give them a calculator and then the world's their oyster and so we need that's the same thing with this new cashless world we need to give the education plus technology so that's in terms of money management and then in terms of top tip it's going to be a case of making sure that we can try and automate some of the, the habits and pieces i mentioned in the book which is a we talked about earlier saving before you spend so saving that one out of every 10 making mm -hmm. that automatic and again technology can help do that which is hopefully be fantastic. And then in terms of investing, the key piece is to keep it simple and get help try and help kids start investing from the youngest age. Um, I think it'll just give them such an advantage. And again, in the book, we talk about uh, grandpa helps his granddaughter, uh, Gail, understand about investing and she gets it. She understands that investing is buying a company and she understands that there's people who go, and go to the shops and they give their money to the companies to, to buy what they want so they're getting poorer the companies are getting richer and those companies are ultimately owned by people and those people are the people who are invested and so as people spend they're getting poorer companies get richer and that's where the money sort of power changes and you want to be on the other side which is where the money's growing and that's by owning companies so hopefully in future technology will make it super easy for parents to set up investment accounts for their kids that are super simple it's not trying to why find the best companies or find the worst companies it's all about just just try and invest in as many companies in a, the most simple manner so that mm -hmm. we're spending some of that money is going to them yeah i like how you simplify a lot of of course it has to be simplified because kids are reading it but i really like how you simplify the the terms and uh, you explain them very well uh okay. in the book so uh that kind of leads me to the, the next question. What is your favorite fable, fable that you wrote in your book or oh, favorite right. lesson maybe? Yeah, so I've got two. So one is the, uh, the happy farmer, sad farmer story. Mm -hmm. uh, so for people who have read the book, it's, uh, it's a fable about, uh, about earning money and about saving, uh, about working smart. So just a quick premise of the story, you have two farmers, one's, works really really hard every day and he's like the hardest worker but then you've got uh, another one so he's called sad sid and you've got happy hannah and so but happy hannah she seems to have a nice life she has a big nice bigger house goes on holiday she has people working on her farm where he's every day is working really hard but then suddenly there's a storm and it kind of all gets reset so both hannah and, and sid lose their farm and they have to start again and so Sam's happy about this because he's like on par now with, with Hannah. And he goes back and he works really hard and he actually produces more to start with because he's worked so hard. But then um, Hannah 
uh, finds ways to, to do her work more efficiently. So she creates, uh, first of all, creates a little tool. So she doesn't spend all her money. She uses her money to essentially invest in something that's going to make her life easier, which is this tool. And so she starts producing more than, than Sid. And then suddenly she starts having some people. So she essentially gets people to help her do her job and pays them but she's kind of leveraging other people and it, it, after by the end of the story is they're back to where they started and it's while sid worked really really hard um hannah worked really smart and, mm -hmm. and it just shows kids in a fun way that if you kind of invest your time to make things better you can make money grow that way uh, and she used that and by <clears> the end that's it because that's that's like it so that's one of my favorite um because it was, and it's one of my really early ones actually and yeah feedback from the blog I got when I wrote that was very very positive and people said so I really enjoyed then the other one was the one about investing so I kind of alluded to it there where it's in the book it's called grandpa is um, going to a place called the burger shack but in, it's based on what the actual story I had with Mike so, and the blog that I wrote was, and it was how I taught my daughters and it was actually when we we're in McDonald's in Hong Kong and mm -hmm. so I said to them do you know that you own a piece of this McDonald's and they just got so excited and I uh, used that as a forum to sort of teach them about investing so those two uh one just because of the feedback I got and one um because of it it's just a really strong memory for me and it got really good feedback and that's the one that got mm -hmm. picked up by the financial times the, the how to teach your kids about the stock market uh blog and yeah it was, that, was a, that was a very pleasant day <laughs> yeah yeah I like that one as well for sure uh, the other one that I like is the um, actually closer to the I think it's closer to the beginning of the book uh, where Gail takes the the flower petals I believe it is yeah uh, especially because Boris yeah kicked kicked the flower petals off and but then she uh, she creates something out of it and uh, is uh, regularly like selling those those uh, petal flower frames or something like that right yeah. yeah yeah that was pretty pretty cool story yeah about entrepreneurship yeah no, yes yeah yeah it's very cool very cool so um can you tell us about your your online course you talked a little bit about your blog tell us about your online course yeah so i've got an online course so it's about um so it's five sort of about 20 minute videos put back together and it kind of covers sort of the best of the best of my blogs because i've now written over 100 blogs so if someone come, new comes to my website they can read any kind of the blogs but i wanted to have something that they just wanted to get up speed in a nice visual audio kind of way it will kind of take them through what i kind of see as the key kind of messages and then all my other blogs can they'll they'll kind of link back to that and so it covers a lot of the top topics that are covering the book but the course is for parents so it's saying to parents is a course to help you teach your kids about money so the, mm -hmm. the book is for kids to learn about money um, but the, blo the blogs and the uh, online course so it covers the first one about um, getting kids to have the right habits and the, how to engage your kids about money so uses the analogy that I use throughout the book and loads of my blogs which is uh, getting kids to think of money like seeds and yeah. help them grow that forest so if kids can give those seeds away that's spending but straight away they're learning that if you keep those seeds you plant them which is investing and you wait then they can have this forest and hence blue tree <laughs> uh, is the name of my company because my children uh, -huh. uh see their savings investments as blue trees so they'll say daddy how many blue trees do i have or daddy can i put some of my pocket money towards my blue trees uh and they mm -hmm. kind of see that and so 
yeah, so the young guy starts with that. He talks about rich versus wealthy, has a whole bit about uh, teaching your kids about the stock market. And then it's got um, making sure you can, so I've kind of grouped it into how to make sure they keep their money. So avoiding scams, debt and gambling. And then the last one is about kind of some really important topics. I just crazy that we don't. So mortgages and pensions and tax. But again, using it in fun sort of analogy type terms. And so mm-hmm. hopefully by of course, parents feel super empowered to, to go and talk to their kids and make sure their kids start looking after their, their money and, and start growing these, these financial forests. Mm-hmm. Great. That's that's really cool that how you've built this thing up and uh, just really to help people out there, uh, both kids and adults, parents specifically. So very nice, very yeah. nice thing that you're doing here, um, educating people about money, how to invest. Really cool. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, where can people uh, where can people find you and get your book? Yeah, so the book's um, available on Amazon. As um, I'm trying to get it into different bookshops around the world, um, but I've self-published, so that's the, the challenge of a, a self-publisher. But it's in some bookstores in uh, both the, um, so New York and, and Hong Kong. So hopefully, get them in the UK soon as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but more details around my book and people can get the first two chapters for free uh, on a download by going to my website which is bluetreesavings.com so on there it's got all my blogs it's got all of the online course that you mentioned it's got some uh, references to to other books uh, and games etc all about money which can help both kids and parents learn uh, about money so yeah all bluetree and then i'm on social media so uh, on instagram on, on grandpa's fortune fables uh i'm on linkedin quite a big quite actively on linkedin yeah you've got a great linkedin (laughs) yeah i try and share tips on on linkedin relatively just because it's more text than visual (laughs) my skill set um and so yeah so it's all um, and again on on twitter uh, blue tree settings and and facebook grandpa's fortune fables Mm -hmm. great so i'm going to include all of those uh links in the description so everyone watching or listening uh definitely check those out uh check will out go over to his website or uh his social media get in contact with him go to amazon get his book uh for you and your kids and uh definitely check all of that out in the description uh is there anything else that you would like to add to this conversation that maybe i personally missed or forgot to ask you or anything like that that you would like to tell the audience? No, I just thank, I thank you for having me here and talking about this book. And hopefully, I hope parents do buy this book or not even parents, grandparents, anyone who's got uh, any kind of guardian towards children um, can do that because it's just so important. And the study's been shown that kids who learn about money from a young age grow up more confident, higher self-esteem, less money worries. And a lot of money habits that we form as ad- our money adults were formed by as young as seven. So the younger kids can learn this stuff, um, the more likely they're going to grow up to be financially healthy. And, and that's good. As, as guardians of children, we, that's clearly what we want. And so it's fantastic that people are reading the book and then also buying the book for their friends, other family members, schools, or if they're in business for their clients. So, um, yeah, so it's grad. Hopefully, over time, it'll, it'll be spreading the word and getting out there to more and more families. But the reception that the book's had is just been fantastic it's um, comments i get on on amazon and the reviews have been yeah pretty pretty overwhelming 
Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, uh, this book is definitely going to grow. Uh, so yeah, we'll keep on uh, getting out there and everyone listening. I hope you do pick up a copy. <laughs> uh, it will, it will make a difference in your, your life, your kid's life and everything. So yeah. Thank you so much, Will, for coming on the show. Well, thank you very much. All right. And thank you everyone for watching and listening and we'll see you in the next episode.